0: The other side of midnight. 77 universities. You know, local spotlight. Good morning. Everyone, This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Very excited that we're going to be joined by Tony Danza coming up a little bit later. And we're going to bring back our debate feature, uh, The Other Side of Governor's Island, which nobody seems to like. At least some people seem to be warming to it. So if you want to start queuing up to potentially win a prize and co-host a future show... Uh, By debating people on a subject of your choosing, go ahead and give me a call. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. You can start queuing up now. But I really have to give a pat on the back to the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. Mayor Adams criticized his fellow Democrat, Governor Kathy Hochul, on Monday for signing this controversial new class-size law calling it, and he's absolutely right, an unfunded mandate that's unfair to New York City students. This is what Mayor Adams said. I understand and respect the class size issue, uh, but I believe the way this was done is, was ill-advised. Ill- uh, clearly, uh, we should use taxpayers' dollars to focus on equity, uh, not equality, equity. There are certain school districts that need more and what we are doing now, we're taking away the chancellor's ability to focus on where the problem is. The governor made the decision to sign this bill pretty much because she was pandering. She's pandering to the teachers union and she's pandering to parents because who wants to be against a smaller class size, but the mayor is right. There are certain school districts that need more. And what we're doing now here in New York City, we're taking away the school's chancellor's ability to focus on where the problem is. It sounds great to just force people to magically lower class size no matter the cost. But I don't think this is doing anything to deal with the root causes of the problems of education in this city and in this state. Kudos to Mayor Adams for calling out the governor and the legislature on this. And I hope this is a pattern where he doesn't hesitate to call them out on other hot-button issues that he knows they're doing the wrong thing on. We'll see. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WC. Local Spotlight. Good morning. Everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. By now, you may already know this if you drive in Manhattan or even if you take the bus in Manhattan, particularly if you don't work nocturnal hours like I do. The U.N. General Assembly is in town. From yesterday through September 27th, a slew of roads across Manhattan are closed as world leaders are meeting at the U.N. General Assembly. And it is a major snarl across traffic all over Manhattan. I mean, the FDR Drive between Whitehall Street and 42nd Street closed. Uh, The area bounded by 54th Street on the north, 48th Street on the south. Uh, 6th Avenue between West 50th Street and and, uh, West 59th Street. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's there's 20, 30 closures here. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But you get the picture. It's taking a situation where traffic's already bad and making it worse. And I recognize that part of what makes New York great is that we're a global city, we're a world leader, and that people from all over the world come here for all sorts of reasons. Tourism, commerce, sports, and yes, the UN. But I really fail to see how much value New Yorkers are really getting by continuing to have the UN General Assembly in Midtown Manhattan. I do wonder We're not really using Governor's Island for much of anything these days. Why not relocate the U.N., the entirety of the U.N., to Governor's Island? We don't have to worry about people that are trying to go to work or trying to enjoy a visit or do whatever they're doing that causes them to be in Manhattan getting screwed over because of some diplomats. I'm not interested in having a debate about whether the U.N. is doing the right thing or the wrong thing. I think you can make the case for either. I'm just, as a New Yorker, pretty fed up with all of this traffic congestion. And I say move them to Governor's Island. That's my vote. Now, for all you loyal listeners, you asked for it and you've got it. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks and 77 WABC are recognizing their fans and loyal listeners with 77 WABC Weekend. Friday night's FerryHawks game against the Long Island Ducks is a free T-shirt Friday, then on Saturday kids get to run the bases and following the game is a fireworks show. On Sunday you can get team autographs and kids can run the bases following the game. Go to wabcradio.com/ferryhawks and get a family four pack of tickets to either the Friday, Saturday or Sunday Ferry Hawks game. That's wabcradio.com/ferryhawks right now and come celebrate 77 WABC weekend with the Staten Island Ferry Hawks and WABC. Beam me up. To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. Well, it certainly has been an emotional week, not only listening to WABC, but watching all the television coverage and the news coverage on radio, the Internet, elsewhere, of the anniversary of the September 11th attacks. And our station has been very proud to partner with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, a foundation that was born out of those attacks. ...in order to raise some money to help some very, very needy people and very deserving people. So I'm going to be participating in the Tunnel to Towers Walk in just, I guess it's about 11 days from now. on September 25th, and I could really use your help. Uh, Right now, we're doing great. We're doing very well. We've raised over $1,000. We're nipping at the heels of my colleague, Dominic Carter, but we want to beat him! So if you want to help us out, go to WABCRadio.com slash walk, look for my picture... And uh, click on my picture and donate to me and my team. Now, if you uh, like other hosts, you could donate to them as well. We're just having kind of a friendly competition to see who can raise the most money. Right now, Dominic is leading, but we're trying to... Close that gap. Speaking of recognizing heroes, one of the things the Staten Island Ferry Hawks do, which I really enjoy, is at each game they honor a harbor hero. Usually it's a first responder or a veteran, but it could be any number of people. And if you haven't yet been to a Ferry Hawks game, then you are in luck because this weekend is the weekend to go. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks and 77. W.A.B.C. are recognizing their fans and loyal listeners with 77 W.A.B.C. Weekend. Friday night's Ferry Hawks game against the Long Island Ducks is a free T-shirt Friday. Then on Saturday, children get to run the bases and following the game, there's a fireworks show on Sunday. You can get team autographs and children can run the bases following the game. You can go to wabcradio.com slash fairyhawks and get a family four-pack of tickets to either the Friday, Saturday, or Sunday Ferryhawks game. That's wabcradio.com slash fairyhawks. Go there right now and come celebrate 77 WABC weekend with the Ferry Hawks and 77 WABC. I'm going to see if uh, Rachel's up for taking Carmine there on Sunday. We ran the bases in Coney Island, and he seemed to have a really great time. So now that he's a little better at crawling, uh, I'm wondering if maybe we could try it again. Maybe he could try and crawl along the base paths. We'll see what his mother thinks about that. So uh, I know we have plans on Saturday. I don't think we could be there on Saturday, but maybe on Sunday we can go. And who knows? Maybe even Friday. 800-848-WABC if you want to comment on anything we're talking about. to be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WC. Local Spotlight One go don't even think of touching that dial we got some good news for you uh, to our loyal listeners you asked for it and you got it this friday saturday and sunday the staten island Ferry hawks and 77 wabc are recognizing their fans with free tickets and what a pair of games or set of games to get free tickets to friday night Ferry hawks game against the long island ducks free t-shirt day saturday kids get to run the bases and then there's fireworks sunday team autographs and then the kids get to run the bases. If you want free tickets to any of those 3 games, go to wabcradio.com/fairyhawks and you get a family pack of 4 tickets for free. Pretty good deal. Some bad news out of the state of New Jersey though. Trenton, New Jersey, the state capital is now a news desert. Yes, that's right. Isaac Avaluca was a reporter for the Trentonian. And believe it or not, he was the only reporter who was regularly covering Trenton government. Well, he no longer is, and now... Trenton is facing a news desert. The departure of Trenton's last reporter comes at a time when there is tremendous dysfunction in the city council. And now New Jersey's capital city has lost one of its fiercest watchdogs as Isaac Avaluccia is leaving his post at the Trentonian. After spending about nine years covering Trenton politics as the paper's only reporter, this means that people in Trenton are going to have a tougher time figuring out what's going on. Dysfunction in Trenton at the city council level is at its peak and now there's going to be no reporter there on a daily basis to keep an eye on them. And unfortunately, this is a trend that is going on in cities, including state capitals, all across America. According to Stephanie Murray, director of the Center for Cooperative Media at Montclair State, unless you're able to go to some of these meetings yourself, you're not going to know what's happening. That's the most worrisome issue. Who's going to follow the workings of local government? Who's going to follow the money? Who's going to hold people accountable if there's not an independent reporter or watchdog to do that? Now, I don't have the answer to those questions. But I will tell you, this is bad news. When there are news deserts and there's nobody covering local government, shenanigans take place. Corruption takes place. Waste takes place. We see what happens when people are watching politicians. Imagine when they're not. So as a country... I think solving the news desert crisis really is something that ought to be a national priority for us. I don't know what the solution is. I have some ideas and I've explored different solutions with different people over the years, but we've got to figure something out because Trenton, no city, should be a news desert. Beam me up. To be continued.